And now, from the gleaming spires of Chicago, broadcasting across the multiverse, from the heights of Hlidskjalf to the depths of Niflheim, from the MCU to the DCU, from the slopes of Mount Olympus and beyond, you are tuned to the immortal sounds of Radio Free Asgard. And hello, everybody, and welcome to Radio Free Asgard. This is episode number 290. We're coming at you, as always, from beautiful Chicago, Illinois. My name is Tom Harris. Welcome along to the show. And we are coming back after a couple of weeks off. Not really a couple weeks off, folks. I have been working buku hours, and it's just been exhausting, and so exhausting, in fact, that I have not been able to show I had just recorded you know, a couple of fill-in episodes when, when I started to get busy, and uh, now both of them have been used up, so you, you, you know how busy it's been. But I'm here. I'm here this week. And of course, you're getting excited? Yeah, Thor Ragnarok is out in what, three weeks, four weeks? Ooh, it's way too soon. Looking forward to it. I really am. And, and you know, little bits and pieces keep sneaking out. No spoilers from me. You know how I am. I can't say there's no Thor news because there's plenty going on. Lots of hype over the movie. And I'm just hoping it's good. All right, so this week we're shifting gears a little bit. Uh, we've been kind of hanging out in Thor Volume 2 for a while. And before that, we were in the modern era Thor, you know, girl Thor. And so this time we are going to go back in time, back again to 1973. And we're going to talk about some good old Bronze Age Thor goodness right where we left off. So this week we're going to be covering Thor number 195 after this little piece of music. Cross the rainbow bridge of Asgard, where the booming heavens roar. You'll behold in breathless wonder, the god of thunder, mighty Thor. Indeed, and this week we are looking at the mighty Thor 195. Cover date is January 1972. Cover price 20 cents. Cover art is by John Buscema, inked by Frank Giacoya from the looks of it. Shows Thor and the Warriors 3, and they are fighting some sort of strange ape men with sucker fingers. Um, kind of like the salt vampire from the uh, first episode of the original Star Trek. Yeah, kind of a crude cover, but but okay. I mean, you've got the uh, figures of... Uh, of Hogan and Fandral in the uh, in the foreground, and they look, pr- look pretty good. Thoro himself looks pretty good. The uh, the weird ape men, yeah, I mean they're not they're not great. And the Volstagg in the background is almost completely devoid of of any kind of facial detail at all. So it's kind of hard to tell what he's is. Anyway, uh, Thor's standing and he's being surrounded by these ape men thingies, and he's shouting out, "Stand ye firm against the trolls' attack, or Asgard falls." And then the Earth. And all right, so I guess they're trolls. And we open up to the splash page, and we have the title of the story, In the Shadow of Mangog. And we have the credits, of course. Stan Lee was the editor. Jerry Conway was the writer. John Buscema was the artist. Vinnie Coletta was the inker. Artie Simek was the letterer. And we have a festival in Asgard. With the defeat and dispatching of Thor's treacherous half-brother Loki, see last issue, all seems joyous in Asgard once more. 
White music fills the halls. Movement and color reign where agony once stalked. And we see that everybody is hanging around a sort of a courtyard kind of thing with a smooth floor, kind of shiny floor. And we have um, a bunch of Asgardians. And we actually have a um, couple even like Greek god-looking types here with the, the sort of Zeus beards. And I kind of, they, they don't look Asgardian to me. They look more Greek. But uh, yeah, maybe some of the Greek gods are visiting or something. Anyway, so we have uh, Thor and Sif, and they're kind of in the middle. And they're sitting next to, um, it's either a pillar or a waterfall. I'm not really sure. I guess it's a pillar. They're talking amongst themselves. The caption says, all seems calm, and yet... And Thor's saying, tell me, woman, if not fair Sif, then who will be the loveliest of all? And if not the noble Thor, then who the greatest flatterer be? Lord, thou dost treat me like a queen. And we have the warriors three in the foreground, and they're joking amongst themselves. And Fandral says, Ho, Volstag, hast thou not drunk thy fill? Next thou shalt be singing for us, fat one. And why not, says Volstag? Is not Volstag's the most melodious of tongues? As melodious as a bullfrog's, I'd wager, says Hogan. Queen, says Thor, again talking to Sif. Milady, in but a fortnight I'll make thee a royal bride. But hold, what madness steals yon Fandral's mind? And Fandral has started to uh, gamble about and jump around and uh, do tricks and that kind of stuff. We get a... Uh, very Kirby-looking little scene here of Fandral doing, uh, like, Errol Flynn kind of acrobatic kind of things. Fandral's like, Enough! You seek to dance, woman, that know that Fandral's feet, those feet which in battle have been agile use, are faster feet than yours. Dost thou not see this, my lord Thor? And he's doing, like, the, the, the Russian... Uh, the, the, the Russian dance where they, you know, they get down low and kick out. And he's got... Um, his sword in his teeth, and he's got like a flaming pot on either end of it. So, yeah. So, he's playing with fire and being very dangerous. Thor says, Yea, dashing one, Thor dost indeed see all. But he's thinking to himself, And so methinks doth my father Odin. Yet his features are so grim, his eyes so shadowed by unseemly worry. Now, I should explain that, uh, the, where we last left off. Um, Odin was very alarmed by the fact that he sent Loki out to this... Uh, distant asteroid and there was a this deep dark secret now i think we can guess from the title of the story what that deep dark secret is but anyway so uh odin is sitting in his chair and he's looking very worried and he's not really paying attention to the uh, party going on and thor is thinking to himself does not my father's way to sit so darkly mayhap tis more here this day than first would meet a reveler's eye and thor approaches his father and then kneels down and he says uh, father if that liberty I may take, I would ask what thing be wrong. Yea, thou mayest ask, my son, but Odin may not say. This eve my heart grows heavy, for I must send thee from Asgard. Mayhap for all time. And Thor looks alarmed by this, and he's like, My lord, what have I done to deserve such banishment? Done? Thou art innocent of all blame, my son. Suffice it to say, thou must follow Odin's wishes, and as always, follow them without question. Father, if in truth that be thy wish, Thor can do no more than bow to that command. And Thor kneels before Odin, and Odin's kind of reaching out, and he says, Yea, my wish it be, as also I command. Let the three whose lives are bound with thine accompany thee on thy fateful quest. 
Uh, Hogan turns around. He's like, a quest. And the warriors three are, are standing ready. Odin says, I, my hand will send thee to world's end, Thor, where thou must wrest the secret of the twilight well from him who doth hold it firm. Kartag the keeper. And Sif uh, comes running up and, and she's all a Twitter. And she's like, My lord, thou canst not mean this thing. None could be so cruel. Cruel? Be wary of thy words, Lady Sif, for they do border on black treason. Dost thou think I would hurt mine own son? Odin hath reason for all he doth, reason he cannot and need not reveal. As always, my liege speaks truth, says Thor, and if Thor may speak for his comrades, my lord, we stand ready. Do with us as thou wilt. So uh, Odin takes out his, um, his scepter, and he shoots an orange beam out of it, which goes and the uh, four of them are gone. Now, despite the fact that they've all been drinking and they're all drunk, and Odin is kind of sending him out to a dangerous situation, um, Odin is being kind of a dick here. Anyway, Odin says, And let my hand be swift, that my heart may not overtake it. And Sif is in front of uh, Odin, and she's crying. You can see she's crying. Rise, Lady Sif. There be no need for tears. What Odin hath done, he hath done to save Thor, not to harm him. Oh, father, be that true. Will Thor survive and to mine arms return? Only the fates may tell us that, girl. Till then, Hildegard, step forth. And we have Hildegard here, who I think we just uh, saw just pretty recently in a past issue. My leash doth call, and all I may do is answer. And Hildegard steps forth, and everyone's looking at her, because she's a big woman and very strong-looking. Odin, both I and my sword are forever yours. Then do my will, and take this woman from these halls to that place of which we spoke, Black World. And (laughs) Sif is like, my lord Odin, no. Hildegard clomps her on the back of the head with a chunk. And knocks her out. And uh, yeah, so Hildegard is ready to take Sif away to Black World. And you know what they say, once you go black. <laughs> anyway, Hildegard is like, Hush, woman, for is not Odin's word law? I'll follow that word, my lord. Yea, even to the galaxy's furthest end. Thou speak more wisely than thou dost think, girl. For in truth tis there that Odin sends thee. In thee doth the fate of Asgard ride, for this eve that blessed land will fall. They go flying off, uh, thanks to Odin's spell, with a crackle, and they go flying off to the Black World, and uh, the Black World turns out to be kind of a desolate little asteroid thing, like many we've seen before, so nothing seems to be terribly uh, unique about this uh, kind of barren space rock here. And so Hildegard is uh, waiting here for Sif to wake up, I guess. She finally comes to, and she's like, My lord, my lord, Thor, where? Ease yourself, warrior, says Hildegard. Thou dost know, thou must obey the All-Father's will. Yea, but doth that relieve me of my grief, that from my betrothed arms the fates have taken me? Thinkest thou, thou art alone? "'Twas a warrior of Asgard I did foolishly seek to please, "'one of those three who now be with thy beloved. "'But who have time enough for women's talk "'when we do reach shelter there 
Oh, so uh, Hildegard is macking on one of the Warriors 3. Uh, I wonder who it was. Anyway, so uh, we shift scenes, and it says in the caption, half a universe away, and three wondering gods do Planetfall make. And I guess they're wondering what they're doing here, because that's what Fandral says. Thor, what be our purpose here? Dost even thou know Odin's secret? Nay, it appears I be not my father's confidant which may be just, though Thor be not one to judge. Then who shall judge, my lord, says Hogan, those who sing our battle songs? Yea, I think she'd find that fitting. And who be the she, Grim Hogan? Ah, tis mine to know, my lord, but know this as well. Legends have I heard about this cruel keeper, and enough do I know to guess how to find him. And he uh, takes his hammer, and he shoots some kind of a a detecto ray of, of some kind out of his hammer, and uh, the hammer shoots a beam um, pointing the way to go, and he says, There, the enchantment of Mjolnir doth point the way. To the south must we go, my friends, and there fight him who sleeps. And they, it's funny, the asteroid that they've landed on, it looks very much like the asteroid that Hildegard and Sif are on. So I have no idea if it's uh, the same or some different asteroid. Uh, we do get kind of get a hint here that uh, Hogan might be the one who has been macking on uh, Hildegard. But anyway, so Thor and the Warriors 3 have landed here. And I guess they're looking around a little bit because the caption says, Hours run quickly by, and into a false gray dawn do the three searchers roam until um, they're going over the sort of uh, big frozen tree trunk over some sort of a, a gully. And, uh, and <laughs> Hogan is taunting Volstagg, who seems to be afraid to go on this uh, frozen tree thing. And uh, Hogan says, Art afraid, voluminous one? Art mad if thou dost think. Why, Volstagg, but... And... Um, Thor shouts, hold! And there's a sort of purple ray shooting out with a scree. And uh, Thor is kind of thrown back a little bit. And it turns out to be this big green spider-ish sort of thing shooting yellow beam out of its mouth. And it's it's in a web, but it's not really a web, I guess. It's just more like big logs or sticks or something that kind of all frozen together. It's what it looks like. Got an alien sort of voice here. Keep thine distance, insects. Ye walk upon the keeper's terrain, and those who do must die. I say thee nay, says Thor. None there be in all men's worlds who may tell the god of thunder just where his feet may land. And he whips Mjolnir at uh, this giant spider dude and smacks him right in the face with a whack. We see the uh, the hammer come back to Thor's hand, and the, uh, the uh, big spider thing says, Until today... I stand for Kartag. Tis he that gave me voice. Tis he who be supreme. And he grabs Thor and he's squeezing Thor. And Thor says, only Odin be supreme. And so we strike. And Hephandral's like, for Odin. And Hogan's like, for Asgard. Then thou dost strike in vain, says the big spider guy. And there's a big thoom. And he sends uh, Ho- Fandral and Hogan falling down into the big pit. He says, uh, for this is Kartag's land, and I be Kartag's guard. And Thor says, and I be Thor, god of thunder. And he takes Mjolnir and shoots the uh, energy bolt out of Mjolnir. 
and he uh, strikes the uh, spider dude and just knocks him down. And, and so all four of them are um, falling down into this giant abyss. And uh, Thor is falling faster than the other ones in defiance of uh, the laws of physics. And he says, Now must Thor move swiftly and let his hammer draw him beneath his plunging friends. Fandral, thy hand. And he, um, he reaches out and he grabs Fandral and Hogan and rescues the two of them so they don't go squish on the, uh, the gully four. Not so lucky the spider dude who has landed on the gully four with a thwack, and it looks like he's kind of splattered there with a swoosh. They land on the other side of the spider's web unharmed, and at that moment, Volstagg has uh, just finished crossing over the spider web over the gully. Thor says, And where wert thou, my friend? I... Why, my lord, our Volstagg held the rear. That we see, fat one, says Fandral, that we see. Day thy bickering, Fandral, the well we seek be still miles away. Just as its mystic double be but a mind's leap distance, in glorious Asgard. And we cut to glorious Asgard, where we have Odin, and he is standing in front of some sort of big Kirby machine. He says, Thor's quest doth proceed as I expected. Mayhap if he doth indeed find a well in time. And a voice comes from behind Odin. My liege, why dream? And it turns out to be these old men. And they're um, kind of, there's four of them. And they're um, just kind of standing there in Odin's throne room. Aye, old white man speaks well, Lord Odin. We elders know our duty. Most of all, Khan knows. These years we did all stand in shadow, my lord, as was thy wish that the young gods might find their own glory. Now thou hast recalled us, and Bolwar, for one, is pleased thou hast, though these are not the happiest of circumstances. Rongor, too, welcomes the return of battle. Yea, though it be our last, says the last of them. So there, there's a warrior's four and these old old people. And Odin is pointing at the uh, cosmic voyeuroscope, and uh, it, it's kind of trained on Loki on this far-off asteroid. And, uh, Th- and Odin says, Thy words gladden my burning soul, friends. In turn I must speak, and show thee how Odin hath unwittingly damned us all. And uh, he's kind of following Loki on the uh, the screen here. In my haste to banish vile Loki, I did send him far distant to that blackest of worlds, where a dark spirit lies secretly entombed. But Loki discovered that creature's unknown resting place while he held my stolen Odin ring. And now, like the madman he is, he seeks to free that long-dead soul. And we see Loki is like firing magical bursts at the uh, the wall mangog so uh, loki has freed mangog who uh, as we recall was kind of banished off to a distant planetoid where nobody would ever find him uh, quite, quite some time ago and uh, anyway so um a mangog is saying i and who are you to have disturbed my endless rest look thee long my friend and deep See before thee a kindred soul, and know that Loki hath come to assist thee. Assist? You are a most presumptuous lot, you immortals. Each places his own destiny on a level with that of true gods. Assist me? Not. Be grateful I do not make you die instantly. And Mangog grabs up Loki, and he's kind of swinging him around like a doll. 
I know not how or why this coil I sport is still alive, for I thought myself truly doomed when the race whose hatred spawned me returned to the land of the living. But what matters that? Odin has let me live and kept me prisoner inside the eternal stone, and only your impudence has set me free. Perhaps another might be grateful, Nat, but that other would not be Mangog. And Mangog has uh, picked up uh, Loki and thrown him to the ground, and he's getting ready. It looks like he's getting ready to stomp on him. But instead of doing that, he shoots some sort of an energy beam at uh, Loki and encases him in some sort of uh, amber-colored substance, which looks to be amber itself. What do you be grateful, though, my friend, that I killed you not? but instead sealed you within that block of cool, dark amber. Yeah, so it is amber, of course. And the uh, uh, narration says, Wordless now, the towering creature doth take his leave of anguished Loki, and where he steps the world doth tremble and heave. And we ship back to Odin and the old men. Yea, I know thy questions. Mangog survived even after the need which formed him vanished, for his be a most persistent evil. One that must needs exist after a time of its own will. I could but imprison him, and Loki had set him free. My lord, say no more, says, I believe that's Khan. Hoy, to the death. We fight for Odin, for Asgard. And the old men, I guess, are going to go and tackle um, the the Mangog and uh, probably be smashed in the process. And uh, we shift back to uh, Thor and the Warriors 3, and we find them resting, sort of. Volstagg has taken his boots off and is massaging his feet. Blisters larger than my very toes. Ho, friends, are we not near our destination yet? Near enough for a rest, I suppose, says Hogan, lest Thor demands we push on. Nay, friend Hogan, says Thor, the son of Odin hath another plan. And we see that there's a, a group here of... These sort of weird dinosaur bird things. So they're they're like um, yeah, like small dinosaurs, but they have bird heads, and yeah. So I guess I can see what uh, Thor has in mind here. So uh, Thor and the Warriors Three start to chase them. So I guess they're going to capture them and ride them. I guess that's the idea. Yonder doth feed the wild Ural beasts, says Thor. Make them our slaves, and weary Volstagg shall find himself a steed. And Hogan says, Wise, my lord, and Hogan be the god to do it. And Hogan takes his mace, and he swings it around, and he whips it in between the legs of a couple of these things, and he knocks them over. You know, kind of run up to them to, to grab them. Thor says, Thou hast downed them, grim one. And uh, Fandral says, See how they do dance? What matter their petty struggles, says Hogan. Are not they all but toys? And these are godlike hands? Toys are not. They've got tempers for sure, says Fandral. Ho, long beast, ho! And uh, Fandral has managed to jump on the back of one of these things, but, uh, yeah, it doesn't like having him there and is trying very hard to get him off. And uh, meanwhile, Thor has managed to uh, bring one of these things under control, and he also has another one of them roped, so, uh, you know, so they can all ride, I guess. And uh, Thor says... Calm thyself, Fendril. Such efforts will but exhaust thee. These are docile beasts for sure. Or art thou blind to that, my friend? Blind, my lord? Nay. Only sore, my lord. Only sore. And so Thor and the Warriors Three have captured four of these dinosaur bird things, and they go riding off. And we get a little bit of exposition here saying, 
Within the sea-green forest the shadows do grow thicker, and for hours the four do ride through those shadows, until one such shadow moves, and we see that there are trolls here. Yes, so these are trolls. They're similar to the ones we saw on the cover, except they don't look like ape men here. They're kind of uh, more um, troll-like, I guess you could say. Uh, the, in, instead of being sort of brown and kind of ape-colored, they're purple and, and pink and, and blue. So they're more like a, uh, a troll, I guess you could say. Saigar, look down, tree-crawler. Does as I always tell thee, the foolish ones ever ride below. Aye, and these be the most foolish ones of all. And the... Uh, <laughs> The, the, the trolls fall upon uh, the uh, dinosaur bird things and they knock Thor off of his onto the ground and Thor shouts out, Fandral, Hogan, we are attacked by trolls. And um, <laughs> apparently uh, uh, Hogan and Fandral are already being attacked so they're already aware of the situation and, and Hogan decides to be a little bit sarcastic here and says, Archer, my lord, how didst thou ever guess? Careful, Hogan, says Fandral, must thou always be so somber? Think this but the cleanest of sports. And uh, Fandral is uh, bouncing around and avoiding the uh, clubs and spears of the, uh, of the trolls. One of the trolls is like, Aye, this one moves like a dancer. For those we attack are anything but sparring partners. Aye, friend Hogan. Aye, friend Fandral, says Hogan. And there's uh, rocks being kind of thrown at the uh, the trolls knocking them all aside and it looks like uh, fandral is is like golf clubbing the rocks at the the big rocks too kind of golf clubbing them at the uh, trolls with his sword which doesn't seem like it'd be very good for the sword but okay i mean you know magic sword and all that uh we see that one of the trolls has knocked down volstag and uh and he's knocked him over on other trolls and uh, he's kind of over on his back the uh the troll on top of him says the others struggle like madmen yet this one fights by sitting down and what more nobler than this says volstag thou dost speak rightly volstag says thor these bugs do annoy me and must be dispatched at once and so thor kind of explodes in a uh kind of a burst of of fire and uh, or lightning or something, big, big uh, magenta burst, and knocks aside a bunch of trolls. So doth Thor fare, and thee, my friends. And we see that um, yeah, the, the other three have, have defeated the trolls that they were fighting. Hogan says, that we'd each no hammer, my lord. We did well enough, I suppose, says Fendrel. Yea, fair Volstog has triumphed too, and the manner only he may properly affect. And we see him sitting on a group of uh, of trolls, so uh, thereby suffocating and or squashing them, not really sure. Uh, kind of recovering from the, the uh, fight, and Fandral's uh, making fun of Volstagg. Manor, thou dost grace thy method, fat one. And then he is like, and Fandral hears something, he's like, Ho! Yea, I do hear it too, Fandral. A dim, distant cry for help. A cry from a most unexpected source. And it turns out to be... Um, uh, one of the trolls, or a, maybe a different troll, and he seems to be stuck in a quicksand bog or something. And he's like, Gods, gods, have ye no mercy? Thor uh, takes a, a tree and pulls it up out of the ground because Thor is a tree murderer. And he uh, tears the tree up and uh, he says, Mercy, 
Yea, certain mercy a god doth have, even for the likes of thee. And he tears the tree up, and he's going to uh, save the troll with it. And Hogan's like, Lord Thor, I say thee nay. Was not this beast our enemy? What sanity be there in saving his worthless hide? Careful, friend, says Thor. Are we warriors or murderers? There be no glory in the death of a defenseless foe. Thou knowest that. Yea, my lord, forgive me. Forgive thee what? Thine indiscretion, says Thor. Are not all who think likely once or more to think wrongly? Enough on this. The beast is saved. And he uh, uses the tree to rescue the, the uh, troll. And uh, the, the troll is kind of you know, bowing at Thor's feet. And he's like, Thor be kind. Thor be just. Kygar will serve Thor and be his slave forevermore. Nay, friend, gods need no slaves, says Thor. Like all who are with body cursed, tis friendship we need, not hate. But tell me, man, where be the twilight well? In such jungle my hammer be not able to point the mystic way. Then let my hand be guide, my lord. That which do seek lies in this direction. And they follow the troll through the jungle. Not probably the best idea. But <laughs> they says underfoot leaves and twigs make small sounds. While elsewhere... A footfall doth cause a different sound. And we shift uh, scenes once again and back to where Hildegard and Sif are on the Black World. So we see Hildegard and Sif and they enter what looks like a town. So this is interesting because you didn't really get a sense that Odin was talking about a town being here on, on this Black World. But anyway, Hildegard says, "'Tis most strange, my lady." And all that Odin told me about Blackworld, no mention was there made of a town. Nay, I'd believe it, goddess, and more. The very air seems filled with mystery. Does it? Then what's to spell that air, milady? By asking those who would most likely know. And they find a building that has a sign on it that says, In. And uh, Hildegard bangs on the door. An old man answers. He's like, Who be ye? What do ye want? We want answers, old one. Why is this town so tightly sewn? Be ye fools, then, for only those daft would ask such things. He is coming, and any who seek to save their lives do well to hide themselves or die. And the door slams, and um, yeah, so it looks like uh, Hildegard and Sif are out of luck. An odd one, that. Methinks we best find shelter. The night seems destined to be most cold. And we shift scenes to Asgard. We see the city in all of its splendor. And this is looking very Kirby-esque and that sort of thing. And we get a little bit of, uh, you know, caption here. I, a bitter knight, one which threatens to sink its icy claws into every noble heart, even the heart of Odin. And Odin is standing on a balcony, and it looks like he's changed clothes, which is kind of unusual for the Bissama era. And he's talking to himself. "'Tis the calm before the storm, I'm sure. "'Oh, that such peace would forever last. "'And whose fault that it does not? "'Odin's fault, only his. "'And so this eve I take up sword once more. "'Gainst a foe I cannot defeat.' "'And uh, one of the old men comes uh, running in and says, "'My lord, liege, tis happening. "'He is here.' "'When the time for thoughts of agony hath passed, "'now must Odin fight.' Now be the time of battle, for in this hour Asgard falls. 
and uh, a bunch of people are are being blasted aside. Um, it looks like uh, you know people are fighting, but they're not doing too well here. It says, and though all that do stand against that fall, it seems they stand in vain. For on the northern walls of the once blessed city, a hundred soldiers raise their battle cry, and a hundred soldiers die. And the, the, the dying soldiers are saying, Fate, where be the Lord and Master? Where be mighty Odin? Doth he ignore our dying pleas? Father, only thy hand may stop him now. Or Mangog reigns supreme. And we see Mangog, he's smashing through the gates of, of Asgard. And they thoom. And sending everybody flying. Next issue, when Asgard ends. And that is Thor number 195. And of course, we will have a few things to say about this issue after this message. Star Trek comic books, mythology, video games, toys, Star Wars, just about any geeky topic you can think of could be covered on the Hammer Podcast, presented by Two True Freaks. Come join me, Gene Hendricks. For whatever my disjointed mental processes can come up with, and be careful, or you might just learn something before we're done. The Hammer Podcast is available monthly, both on its own iTunes feed and at twotruefreaks.com. And we're back, and of course, with a few comments about the issue, as we always have. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of a typical issue. Um, again, we're kind of treading territory where we've been before, um, several times before, I would say. And we have a lot of agonizing on the part of Odin, and he's getting these kind of this pointless group of old men together. I'm just waiting to see where that goes, and all because of the coming of. Mangog. And so Odin kind of knew that this was going to happen. So I've got a question here, maybe a couple of questions. And that is, why didn't Odin just change his mind, grab Loki back, and then send him somewhere else? I mean, it's not like Odin can't do takesy backsies. <laughs> I mean, you know, it just seems like uh, maybe a little bit too convenient. Obviously, they had to find a way to bring Mangog back. They found a way to bring Mangog back. Um, it involved uh, Odin being extremely careless and extremely absent-minded. Not exactly the kind of attributes that you would look for in an all-father now, is it? Uh, but anyway, um, so another big thing here is, is the sending off of Sif to the Black World. So I kind of know what's coming here, but it just seems to be... It, it, I don't know. It seems odd, and we'll see how it plays out. I'm, I'm not ready to give up on Jerry Conway quite yet. So far, he hasn't been anything special. But on the other hand, he hasn't been horrible either. I mean, there's been a lot worse stories on Thor, even even issues you know, written by Stan. Um, uh, the uh, dinosaur bird things are kind of dumb, but... 
you know, hey, I mean, you're going to find uh, some sort of an animal on an alien planet. First thing you're going to think of is I'm going to ride that thing uh, so I don't have to walk anymore. Um, you would think that uh, Thor would just fly. He could probably drag uh, at least uh, two of the warriors, three along with him, if not all three. I mean, it's Thor. I mean, he's pretty powerful. Um, yeah, there, there should be definitely uh, other ways around other than having to tame these uh, bird dinosaur things. But hey, you know, hey, they, they had to do it. It's, it's visually interesting at least, um, but they do seem to train them awfully, awfully quickly. Thor does say that they're docile, so maybe that explains it. But uh, on the other hand, you know, why, why even bring it up if they're, if they're docile? They could just say, oh, look, they, there's these docile bird things here. Uh, let, let's just ride them. Um, uh, art is pretty good. Um, it is uh, not a great combination here. We have John Buscema on the pencils. You've got some nice composition going on here. That last page splash here of uh, Mangog smashing through the gates of Asgard is awesome. It's a great shot. But I don't think that Vinnie Coletta is the, uh, the, the inker for, for Buscema, just like I didn't think he was the inker for Kirby. Um, there's a lot of really sketchy stuff here. Coletta doesn't help that at all. Um, his style is, I mean, it, it doesn't really match what we're used to seeing from Buscema. I don't know that Senate would be the answer either, though. Buscema and Senate do pretty well together. But I can think of a lot better inkers that you would want to have along. But um, by and large, kind of an average issue, but we'll see where the story goes. And hopefully it'll go somewhere more interesting than just a rehash of, oh, here's Mangog. He's really scary. All right. So with that, it is time to uh, wrap up the show. Once again, folks, thanks very much for listening. I really do appreciate it. If you want to email us, you can do so. The email address is radiofreeasgard at gmail.com. You can also find us over on the Facebook. Just look for Radio Free Asgard there, and you will find us. With that, I am back over the Rainbow Bridge, back to Midgard, and we'll see you next time here on Radio Free Asgard. Radio Free Asgard is copyright Tom Harris USA Productions, which is totally responsible for its content. The characters, stories, and situations presented on this program are copyright their respective copyright holders and are presented for entertainment, review, and educational purposes only. No ownership is implied. We make no money from this podcast and the contents are believed to be covered under fair use. If you like what you've heard on today's program, we'd appreciate it if you leave us an iTunes review, send us an email with your feedback, tell your friends, if you have any, or annoy your coworkers with our incoherent ramblings and silly voices. Thanks once again for listening to Radio Free Asgard.